This is Dating After Death, a podcast sorting out all the complicated emotions that come along with looking for love again after losing our forever person. And I am your currently anonymous host. So I would guess that most of you listening are aware that I'm running an Instagram page under the same name, Dating After Death, and are probably following along. I connect with and touch base with lots of you through messages, and I love that. It's actually just become a very regular part of my life. Today's guest, SJ, was one of the very first people to reach out to me when I started the page just to express that reading some of my posts had been like therapy for her and to share her story that it had been quite some time since her husband died and she wasn't yet dating. So we've been talking for many months and checking in with each other along the way. And I was really looking forward to diving in a little deeper with her and actually just talking to her about why she decided to wait and about how things are going now that she's jumped in. We also talk about our kids and getting them used to this idea and them looking out for us or being protective of us or our situation is all just part of the process. Yeah, I said, so what do you see an issue with? And he was just like, it's no issue, Ma. It's just that it's going to be so hard for me to see you with somebody else. Yeah. When I'm so used to seeing you with Daddy. Yeah. And so you can tell he kind of teared up a little bit. And I was just like, I know. I know, I said, I know this is not the life either of us, you know, want, but this is our reality. Some really good heartfelt laughs with SJ and a great story about her love for her husband and her son. So let's get into it. Hi, SJ. Hi. (laughs) So glad we're doing this. Okay, so I just wanted to have you on because basically... We've been connecting on Instagram. Correct. And you told me in the DMs that you lost your husband about five years ago now. Is that right? Yeah, it'd be five years, May 24th this year. Okay. I'm also May. And you told me very vulnerably that you have waited this time to date. I know. I know. Oh my God. I don't even know why. Well, I do know. Of course, the first year I was like in denial. I was still thinking he was going to walk through the door, Mm -hmm. like still picking up my phone. Like when something, I see something happen on TV, maybe sports, because we were big sports fans and about to text him, about to call him. And then the second year, I think is when reality kind of like set in. Mm -hmm. And so everyone always says, oh, you got to be strong for Drake. And I was just like, "Ah, but who's going to be strong for me? And so I kind of like just went into mommy mode and kind of like buried the grief. Yeah. And I didn't really deal with it until this um, last summer. Drake had to have emergency surgery. And so we were no longer traveling because he's on a traveling basketball team. So we we were no longer traveling. And so then I I had to revisit it. And what happened was I met a guy who looked just like him. Mm, Just like your husband. Yes. Well, they could be brothers. Okay. And so I was just like, oh my God, you know, and we kind of like clicked, but Mm. Part of me knew the attraction was because he reminded me of him. Yeah, you know, yeah. But you always kind of want to like explore it a little, like you know. And so I was just like, well, maybe sure. it is time for me to get out. You know, I'm I want a baby. You know, another child. So mm. let's see what's out here. And that started like right before my fortieth birthday. <laughs> oh my goodness! I know. Okay, I really want to d- dive into all of that. But mm-hmm. first, can we back up and can you just tell me how you and Tess met? And so we met at work on his birthday, actually. Oh, yeah, I know. I was 23 and he had just turned 29. But I don't date people I work with. Uh huh. Of course. It sounds like it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't take no for an answer, though. Like, so he would buy me breakfast and, like, he would find out my favorite drink. I would tell my sisters, guys, this is guy at work. Our cubicles were down. Like, he could see me from his cubicle and he, I could catch him staring at me throughout the day. It was like Aww. so crazy. So romantic. Yes. And so my sister said, just go out with him. I was just like, no, I don't date people I work with. And so he ended up leaving. He called me. Right. He (laughs) called me and said, so what's your excuse now? I don't work there anymore. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I love it. Did he leave for you? I don't know. 
Sounds like he left for you. So <laughs> I um, said, okay. And we went out and then we just had a really good time. Like he's a jokester. He made me laugh. It was just like I was out with a really good friend. Hmm. How long did you date before you got married? We met, okay, we met in 04, started dating in 05, engaged in 06. But he told me when we were dating, he was like, yeah, God told me you was going to be my wife. And I was saying, hmm. oh, I didn't get that memo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, but it's okay. You don't have to get it. He already told me. And I was just hmm. like, oh, okay. And I was just like kind of shrug it off like this boy's crazy yeah. on my 25th birthday he flew his family came in from atlanta because he's originally from atlanta and all of my family and friends were there and he threw me a surprise um birthday party and he proposed oh so i know exciting. it was <laughs> and so then you have one son together we have one son together drake he's 12 and how was it for him um for drake drake was seven yeah so in the first grade year he, um, they were like best friends, like two peas in a pod. Whenever you seen Tess, you saw Drake, you know? Mm. And so I, like, when he passed, I was like, I can't replace that. Like, who's going to be that for him, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I hate the word resilient because they always say kids are so resilient. But it's almost like Drake was always mature for his age. Yeah. And so when Tess passed, I didn't tell him that night we came home. Because he was already in the bed sleep. And I didn't tell him the next day because it was field day at school. Oh I waited till that evening after his ba- his last baseball game of the season. I told him once we got home and, you know, everyone's at his baseball game. And it was a lot of people at the house. And I just took him to the back room. And he had asked me when he came to see him in the hospital. And he was like, Mommy, is Daddy coming home? Hmm. And I couldn't tell him like no your bestie is not coming home like you know so I told him then and he cried for like 45 minutes to an hour straight and then yeah. it's like he got up and he was like okay let's go to bed and I'm like mm-hmm. Drake we have a house full of people we can't just go to bed and he was like no they can let themselves out let's go no. lay down and it's like from mature. there he, yeah he was like from that point on he you know he became like a mini man, not, I don't, I never mm. call him the man of the house, but he, he, he just grew up faster than I would have liked if his dad sure. was here, you know? Sure. Are you comfortable telling us what happened? Sure. It was Mother's Day weekend. That was our last weekend, like Me regular too. weekend together. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. And I remember it's like, it's le- like it was yesterday. We uh, went to see Gardens of the Galaxy. Because we were mm. big Marvel fans. We mm. went to the grocery store. Then we went to a crawfish festival. And then the next Sunday, we went to visit my grandmother. And we came home. I remember riding home and he was holding my hand. And then that night, you know, we went to bed like normal. I woke up at like maybe one fifteen, And I noticed like he was like pulling at his arm. And I was mm. like, hey, babe, you okay? Like what's going on? And he couldn't, he couldn't verbalize anything with me. So mm. I immediately thought, okay, he's having a stroke or he's had a stroke. And so I get on the phone. I call 911. They come and they're kind of trying to figure out what's going on. And I'm telling them, sir, I think he's having a stroke. He's not, he's unable to speak. Mm. And they were saying, have he taken any drugs or anything? And I'm just like, no, like he's having a stroke, you know? And so we went to the hospital and he was, you know, he was awake and he could hear me and he could, you know, make gestures and wipe my tears. Because at that time, of course, I was crying. I was hysterical. And we went through, it wasn't a massive stroke. So he was able to do occupational therapy. He did PT. Hmm. He started actually like telling me, I love you. And then this one day, I'll never forget, like it was the 23rd. They were trying to figure out which meds were best for him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make sure he doesn't have any more strokes. Sure. And they came in and they did something to the bag. And like five minutes later, his eyes started rolling in the back of his head and he started mm-hmm. throwing up. And so mm-hmm. I'm yelling, me and his mom was in the room and we're yelling to the nurse, come here, come here. And just that quick, he slipped into a coma. Oh my goodness. And so then of course they took him back to ICU. They said, Ms. Jones, we're going to run, you know, a brain scan and we're going to let you know, you know, if it's any brain activity. And if it's not, then we're going to call it basically. And then I would have to say, it's okay for you to remove. Oof. Yeah. So by this time, 
like I'm sitting on the floor in the middle of the little family room and they were showing like my family members and you know everyone the scans of you know his brain what was going on but like they were like do you want to see it and I was just like no like I this is too much I can't like I had a healthy yeah. husband on Saturday and Sunday like how did we even get here like nine days later absolutely so they did the scan they came back and said you know there's no brain activity um mm. just let us know when you're ready I could an impossible moment I know but they did allow me like I went in the room because I had to say goodbye mm-hmm. and like I didn't even know what to say like I kind of like climbed in the bed with him yeah, and kind of like laid there. So he has this tattoo of my name on his heart and it says my mm. heart, Shamika. And I just, I just kind of like laid there and was like, I can't believe like you're leaving me. Like, I don't even know what to do without you, you know? And it was just, it was just so much to take in. Like yeah. I was almost in a state of shock, you know? Of course. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And then you went through over 24 hours without talking to your son yes how did you do that I don't know because I kept looking at him and every time I would look at him I was I wasn't ready to tell him but but I did tell his teacher Mm. and his principal so they knew but I and I told them please don't tell him like I just want him to enjoy field day at school just give him a little bit more time of being a kid Mm because I just knew the grief you know would change his life forever like once he found that out like he would never be the same Uh, yeah (laughs) those things like about the kids you know so often I push that aside Mm -hmm. you know just that idea that like they have to live with this forever like I think about it for myself all the time but when I think about it for the kids I'm always just like so overwhelmed you know Right. And because with for them, grief changes as they age. Yeah, exactly. And I have to face it so many times. And Right. I think that was one of the most helpful things my therapist said to me, too, when I was like, I don't think my kids are processing this. They're like not talking about it. And she was like, oh, don't worry. They will process it over and over and over. And over. And over. Yeah. So we have a place here in Houston called Bo's Place. Mm-hmm. And it's a place where families can go for grief group counseling. Mm, and that. so the advocate came to talk to me about it at the hospital. And she was like, I really recommend it for you and your son. And so test passed May 24th and we flew him to Atlanta. So he's at home because he was so Atlanta elect. Atlanta hmm. Falcons fan. He's just like the city of Atlanta. So we yeah. took him home. Took him home. We had the Atlanta service June 3rd. Okay. I was back at work on June 5th. <gasps> oh my goodness. And you have stayed working? Working every The whole time? The whole time. Full time? Full time. That's a lot. Yeah. I went back. I was a contractor. So... I have a kid to take him now. It's solely dependent, solely on me. And yeah. so my team lead called me and she was like, well, we can't, you know, we can't continue to pay you. And I was just like, what do you mean? Like, I just lost my husband. I don't even care anymore. So I was like, let me get myself up, get myself together as best as I can and go to work. I read emails. It took me like an hour to get through one email because I could, oh, yeah. I wasn't processing anything. And so when my manager got there, he was like, what are you doing here? And I was just like, well, such and such said that y'all needed me to be here. He was like, please go home. Good. And and by that time, I was like, I'm already here. Let me just try to like, let me push it, you know, the grief down and just deal with like life. Because now, now comes life. Like now you have to pick Mm. up the pieces and figure out like what's next. Yeah. You know, you are further removed than I am from Mm -hmm. your husband's death. So what has that been like for you in terms of picking up the pieces before the dating stuff, right? And we'll get Mm -hmm. to that, but like five years is a long time. I think I'm air quoting that, right? That's a long time. (laughs) Yeah. What has it been like? Um, I kind of take it like day by day. I feel sometimes I feel like a bad mom because I have no set routines in my house and I cannot understand why I can't get a routine together. But when Tess was here, everything was down to the T. Like Mm -hmm. I could function. That's that's the only way we function. We were in bed at a certain time. You know, Drake got up at a certain time. We ate at a certain time. Now it's kind of like my sorority sister says, you and Drake are over there raising each other. And I always laugh because sometimes I do feel like that. Like he's like... You're allowing him to be a kid. You're working full time. You're, right. you're you're carrying everything. Right. Like, and so 
I'm just kind of more lenient now. Like I was a more stricter parent mm-hmm. where Tess was, the, I mean, the funny one, the one that liked to play all the time. Now I try <laughs> to be both, you know, yes. like you yes. have to because you have to give them a balance. And so we play a lot. We joke a lot. I mean, he still knows our mom and he's respectful, but for us, it created a relationship that's so open that mm-hmm. we talk about every and anything. If you see us together, everyone always comes up and say, I just love y'all relationship. Like mm-hmm. you guys are, I can just see the love. And I was just like, that's because we had some trauma bonding because I feel like that's what Seriously. it was. <laughs> <laughs> we always say, Drake always says, I hope daddy's proud of us. And I say, mm. I'm sure he is. Yeah. All the stuff you're doing and holding together and you're trying to be everything. Mm-hmm. But then like, pretty sure these kids are going to grow up to be amazing because right. they're watching you do that. Carry it right. all and maintain right. this amazing relationship with him. And-, and I think we do it because we don't want them to miss out. Because it's almost yeah. like you think, oh, he doesn't have a dad anymore. He probably feels different. And, and actually, he did tell me that. And one of the reasons why I was like, we got to go to both sides because he said, my, I feel so different around my friends at school. They don't understand. And I can't really talk to them. So at both places, he was with his peers and he really yeah. thrived there. And then like the counselors would tell me all the time. And Drake is an amazing kid. Mm. He always talks during sessions and helps the other kids, you know, just process their grief. And I felt like, okay, well, mm. he's, he gets it as long as it's helping him. But, you know, of course, COVID shut that down. Oh, they probably did online stuff, right? But it's just like not the same. Yes, yeah. that's what he said. But I, I added him back to the wait list when I started my individual counseling because yeah. he doesn't want to do individual. Okay. Yeah. He was like, no, I'd rather do group. So I said, okay, fine. As long as you do something. He sounds like very self-aware. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Maybe a little great. bit too self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So actually, I think the catalyst for me asking you originally to be on um, the show is because you told me that you had started dating Mm -hmm. and that um, that actually pushed you into therapy It did because you were learning a lot about yourself. So I'm very curious about that. So I was wondering, like I would go on dates with guys and like, if they liked me, I didn't like them. Mm. Or if they didn't like me or they seemed distant, I did like them, you know? So mm-hmm. I was just starting to think, I was like, are you emotionally unavailable? Like, why are you <laughs> attached to these guys that seem, you know? Yeah. I was like, it's time for you to do some real healing. And I actually, I had a dream. Like, I don't know if your husband has come to you in your dreams. I've so, had a few. So let me tell you, Tess must have thought yeah. I was crazy because when he passed, like I saw him for the first time in January. Gen- in June and like whenever I would have really hard days every night on the dot like he would be like oh. hey you're gonna be okay you and Drake gonna be just fine it's like he was reminding reminding me that's a gift I know I prayed for that for a long time like these dreams really but I'll be so excited to see him but then the next day it will it'll be so hard you know what I'm saying because mm-hmm. the dreams yeah. felt so real yeah, it was absolutely. almost like you can't tell you know the dream from reality so when I started dating, I saw him in a dream and he said, mm-hmm. you got to do the work. That's what he said. I need you to do the work. Mm-hmm. He said, "I'm re- you, you have to heal, not just from losing me, but from mm-hmm. things before me. Wow. And so I started to think back to like childhood. Like I was raised by my grandmother, mm-hmm. what I saw as a family. And like I would tell people all the time that I think one of the main reasons why me and Tess was so close or he was that person for me is because all my friends kind of had like a two-parent home, but I grew up with my grandmother. So it was almost mm-hmm. like we were a family, but it wasn't like what traditionally people view as a family. Sure. And so when Tess came around or along, I should say, you know, and we had Drake, it was like, oh man, I have my own family. Like yeah. I belong somewhere, you know? Yeah. So when that was taken away from me in tw- in 2017, it was like, it shattered my world. Cause yeah. now I'm like, okay, what's next? How am I supposed to like function? Not that I couldn't function without him, but we were so much better as a team. Yeah, You know, I still had friends and we still did our girls night, but like when I went to bed at night, I lay next to him telling him my dreams and my fears, you know? Like I don't have anybody to tell that to anymore. 
Yeah, I know. I was just thinking about that a lot today, actually. Just this idea, right, of like the person to share all the things with, mm-hmm. the scary things and the frustrating things and, and the really good things that you don't want to brag to other people about because right. you don't want to seem conceited or whatever. It's like, <laughs> that's what your partner's for. And it's hard not to have that. I totally agree. I don't know. It's almost like you're in a foreign world because you're still trying to get to know the new you. Because to me, I feel like the old yeah. is shade past with his. Like I am nowhere near like who I was mm-hmm. as a woman, as a mother, yeah. than who I am now. Like I was more like quiet, mm-hmm. go with the flow type. Mm-hmm. Now I said boundaries. My no means no. Like if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. I think now that I'm able to be more authentically me, I'm living like I think that's what he always wanted me to do because he will always say, you do way too much. Like you never express yourself. You should do that more often. Hmm. He was like, you you express yourself all the time with me. (laughs) (laughs) But with everyone else, you kind of like fall back and let them. But with me, you don't do that. And I was like, you're right. I don't. I say because I used to tell him all the time because I'm so comfortable with you. I feel like you can take all of me, the craziness, the silliness. Everyone else can't deal with that. And he was like, no, they can. You should just teach them how to. I have found that's one of the complex things about the widowhood thing is like, I feel like you had that between you and your spouse, right? And then like all of a sudden, just out of necessity almost, you have to like break that open and disperse it to all these other people in your life. Right. And now you're like spread out into a million different pieces and different people. It's a lot to maintain and it's... It can be overwhelming. It's funny that you say widowhood. Did you know that I could not say that word mm. for like three and a half years? I, it doesn't surprise me because I think the only reason I like even sort of claim that word is because of all the amazing Instagram widowed women right. who are just like, this is what it is. Sorry, say more about that. I would love to hear more. I think, okay, so I was on the phone with my best friend one day and I told her, I said, you know, I cannot say that word. She was like, what word? I was like, the, you know, the W word. <laughs> she was like... Hmm. There are tons of W words. I say, well, the one that I fall in the category under. She's like, hey, have you ever thought about why? I say, no, but I'm going to try to do some inner work just so I start and figure out why <laughs> I don't like it. And so I kind of thought about it. I was like, it reminds me of the loss. Yeah. And I think I was trying to run from accepting it. You know, not saying that I ever be okay with losing him, but finally saying, okay, you lost him, but you're surviving, you know? Like Mm -hmm. it kind of, it just brings back the nature of the loss. And I just, I don't think at that time I was ready to deal with it. And so with therapy right now, like my therapist, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. She, um, she, I love her to death. Like she doesn't (laughs) understand like how she has helped me process some of this craziness I have going on. Totally. I'm like, can we be real friends? Me and my therapist. (laughs) Yeah. She always tells me, you are really doing some self work over here. Cause I'll text her and say, Hey, I want to drop this in our text so we can talk about it at our next session because I'm not going to remember. Yeah. She said that she felt like I don't sit in the grief. Like Mm. when I'm feeling sad, I get up and find something to do. So I won't think about it. So I started therapy in December. Since December, I have started to just sit in it. No, don't move. Like just feel the feeling, Mm -hmm. let it pass. You're going to be okay. You know? And so it has helped tremendously Mm. for me to just get through Knowing that, okay, you're going to always miss him. That'll never change. Yeah. But now you can't open up to someone else. Yeah. Like it's, and, and it's okay for you to do so. Yeah. Because you know, for the longest I told myself that like, oh my God, what are people going to think? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You kind of go through that stage where you always worried about what someone else is going to say, because I would listen to other people talk about other widows. Yes. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, is that what you're saying about of me? Of course. Too? Totally. <laughs> you Right. Or like what I used to think if I heard about other widows dating or something and I was judgmental. Then you just can't just... put a time on it for anyone. That's why I always tell people when I when I would hear that, I was like, well, I mean, yeah. I honestly don't think you guys should really judge because we don't know what their relationship was like and we don't know what their spouse said to them in their last hours, you know? So just let people live because mm-hmm. when you go through something like this. Yeah. You just want to like a fresh mm. air, like someone like for me, my main reason for dating is like I was tired of having conversations with my 12 year old. You know, I want some adult type <laughs> conversations. <laughs> I hear you. 
are picking up the bill for us at dinner. Like, can someone else pick up this bill? <laughs> I know. I'm always like, it would be so nice to have another adult living in the house. I mean, like right? just living with kids. They're great and everything, but. I know. We love them, but sometimes it's like, ugh, trach. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk dating. Mm-hmm. So so you met this guy who looked a lot like Ted's. Mm-hmm. But you didn't date him. No, right? we're friends though. We're still really okay. good friends. I look at okay. it as that. Yeah. Um, so then what happened after that? So then I have like seven of them. <laughs> you have seven boyfriends? <laughs> no, I have no no boyfriend, but I have like seven friends. Like I saw so I'm dating, I don't have any titles. Right okay. Now. Okay. So I may not talk to everybody every day. Mm-hmm. Of course not. We might not text every day, but like Hey, what you doing this weekend? Or they might say, you know, oh, you're in town, you know, yeah, I'll be in town this weekend. Oh, let's go catch a movie or let's go, um, is something going on downtown? And so that's what we tend to do. Okay. So, and how are you meeting these guys? Well, some natural out and about, but most of them, maybe half I met on Bumble. Wait a second. You're meeting men out and about? This feels yes. like very difficult. Can you explain? I, no. <laughs> You know, at first, I would never look men in the eyes. Mm. And my one of my closest friends, well, he's actually was Tez's closest friend, mm. turned my closest friend down. Oh, I love that. He said, you still move like you're married. Oh. And I thought about it. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, you do. He was like, that guy was checking you out and you walked clean past him like mm. <laughs> No eye contact, no anything. I was like, you saw all that? He was like, yeah. You got to give off dating vibes. Right, right. And so I just started being kind of more relaxed. Like if I see someone in the grocery store, I was like, oh, he's handsome. Like I might walk by first (laughs) to see if it's no ring. Yep, of course. And then usually when I walk by, if they've noticed me too, they'll say something. Okay. I feel like that never happens in my life. You've got some sort of special something. (laughs) I don't know if the dating apps are for me though. Okay. So tell me your experience with that. I'm almost this close to delete my profile, but I said I was going to leave it on a little longer. I go through spurts of swipe. Like okay. I'm going to swipe for like a month mm-hmm. and then I'll say, oh, let me go see what's out here. <laughs> and then I'll swipe, start up a few conversations. Yeah. And then I'm just like, you're boring. Yeah. And on Bumble, the women pick first. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like if I've reached out, if you've liked my photo or my mm-hmm. profile and I've liked yours, and, but I have to contact you first and I reach out and I start the conversation, why can't you keep it going after that? Some people can't make conversation. Yeah. It's like they don't know what to say. I don't know. It, it's so awkward. So awkward. Yeah. And so I was just like, some of the guys I went on on dates with, like, I try to go to easy places like Starbucks. Yeah. Perfect. That way, if I can get in and out, like, if I don't like you, I don't have to stay long. <laughs> I can, you know. And so I would have my cell phone and I'll tell my sister or Drake, hey, call me in like 30 minutes. Perfect. <laughs> I can Mm -hmm. determine if I want to still hang around you in 30 minutes. Absolutely. So one of the funniest days to me, like I told my sister, I would never go out with this guy again. Yes, I want to. We went to Starbucks and I ordered, now we standing at the counter together. Okay. And I ordered a venti sweet passion tea lemonade Mm -hmm. and I bought a bag of chips. Okay. Guess who paid? Uh, You. Yes, six dollars and seventeen cents. So I'm looking at him just with my offer. side eye, no offer, Ooh. and I'm just like, dude, are you serious? So I said, okay, strike one. <laughs> so we go to the table and we're sitting down talking, and then all of a sudden he goes, you know, I really, really like you, and I'm thinking to myself, no, you don't. You would have because bought you should <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no, you you seriously don't like me, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so he was like, do you want anything? I just purchased this drink and these chips. Like, you should have bought this. So he went to the counter to act like he was getting something else. I knew then. I was like, yeah, I checked out already. Yeah. And I was like, okay, next. 
And this day in particular, I had like three dates in one night. Yes, that's what I did too. So I try to get them all in when Drake is like with my sisters or hanging out with friends or something. So, Pro move. Yes. And so I said, okay, on to the next date. Got to the next person. I mean, he paid for dinner though. The next guy was like, okay, he goes, okay. he's going to pay for dinner. I'm always moderate in what I choose because I don't want anyone to think that I'm just want a free meal, yeah. you know, because I can buy my own food. I don't yeah. need. It's about the gesture, right? Right. It's the yeah. gesture. Right. And so we had a good time, but I was listening to his conversation and I always let them talk because they would tell you everything. Hmm. Just sit back and listen. Interesting. They will They will tell you. And you just nod your head a couple times. Oh, really? Oh, okay, tell me more like, about that. But then what if they don't ask you questions? Does that bother you? No, not really. Okay, because for me, that's like, if they don't ask me questions, I'm like, you're done. Really? Yeah. It doesn't really bother me. Okay. Now, what does bother me is when they talk ill of their last relationship. Oh, yeah. I agree. That's such a turnout to me. Yeah. Because that says you'll do the same thing for me. Of course. About me if it was me, you know? And so I mm-hmm. always just look at them and say, oh, really? Mm-hmm. And it's always the, the woman's fault. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, so you... <laughs> No one wants to own anything. I will say to my boyfriend's credit, he never did that about his ex-wife. And it took like so, so, so long for him to ever say anything negative about her. You know, and I was like, that's, that's honorable. Awesome, though. Yeah, it is. He's like, those are the mother of my children. And exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like, how could you even like say that about someone who carries your seed for, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you should always have a certain level of respect for her. Exactly. And vice versa. And she should have it for you. I don't know. But and so then in the other ones, you know, when they do ask about my last relationship, I used to mm. hate. I dreaded that question. Do a lot of people ask you about that? Yeah, they do. Mm. They'll say, so how, when was your last relationship? Mm, how do you feel that? <sighs> I usually do the huge sigh and I say, it was like five years ago. Mm. Or it was like almost five years ago. So I say, oh, what happened with you guys? Mm. So I'm thinking, hoping they would stop it. It's five years ago. Right? Like it doesn't matter in consequential right. generally. Not in your case, but men are asking you this on the first date that seems so unnecessary to me i i agree but i guess they want to know like why are you still single okay well that's a flattering question right tell me about your last relationship feels more like yeah we'll get there if you pass the test right right it's kind of almost like i feel like you're trying to judge me based off like what happened in the last relationship so i'll say i usually say oh he passed away Mm mm-hmm and then I wait because I watch their face because mm-hmm. then I get real curious. Mm-hmm. They'll say, oh, do you mind me asking what happened? Yeah. Yes, I do mind. I was mm-hmm. like, he passed away. He's no longer here. Yeah. Why do you need to know what happened? Yeah. I don't think this is the appropriate place for me to share that with you. not first date questions. Right. You know what I'm saying? I was like, this is not, I don't think it's appropriate for me to share that with you. Yeah. And then some of them will say, oh, I respect that. Or some would like kind of have like an attitude. And I'm just like, I really don't care. Like, Yeah, of course. That's your story to tell when you want to tell right. it. Right. Who talks about that on the first date? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so, but you're fielding texts from seven different guys currently. So yes. <laughs> there have been some good ones. <laughs> and so it takes me a long time to save their number in my phone. Okay. Do you get off the app quickly? That was something I was unsure about. Um, No, it depends. Okay. It depends on the vibe I get. Okay. How talkative they are. And then if they ask, because some of them won't even ask okay. for your number. They'll just rather talk on the app, which is okay. Fine. We'll stay on this app. That's cool yeah. with me too. Yeah. But it's probably not going to go too far. <laughs> right. Yeah. So when I decide to say their numbers and like my sister said, why don't you say their numbers? I know who I'm talking to every time they text. Like I remember a conversation. She was like, you are so good at this. I said, you never I remember- mix anybody up. Never mix anybody. Come on. No, never. Because I remember <laughs> our conversations. That's impressive. Since I have an Apple, some if, if they have an iPhone, sometimes mm. their name automatically kind of pops up. So you yeah. already know. But I remember I'm good with numbers. So I remember the last four digits and I can okay. tell who it is. Oh, smart. So the ones I decided to like share my phone number with were ones that pictures were 
truly them. Okay. You know? Because <laughs> I feel like I went on a few dates. I was being catfish. Mm. Why do people like, do that? Like, what is the point of that? You show up in person. It's like, hello. When I say this guy looked nothing like his pictures, <sighs> when I got back to my car, I had to pull this profile back up. Because I was like, this is not the same, same guy. guy. That's so frustrating. The pictures had to be like, at least from about 10 years ago. Come on. I feel like people are setting themselves up for disappointment. Mm-hmm. I feel like I put like my least attractive pictures in the profile. Cause I was, <laughs> That's or at least smart one, though. At least one. One. Where I was like, I'm like, if, you, if you're fine with that, then great. Let's go. <laughs> I, I can see that. And the whole time during the date, I was just staring at him like, you're not even the same guy. Like I kept positioning myself in the seat, trying to, you know, look and like, is it my eyes. <laughs> I was like, he's nice, but, and then you're the same person who will say, can you send me a pic, mm. a full body pic? Mm-mm. But you don't have your real pictures on here. So yeah. I'm just like. Yeah. Do you feel like any of the people that you're currently interacting with are potential long-term people? Are you in like a, I'm just having fun and exploring phase? Um, so there is one, let me say, okay. So when I first started dating, I never thought I never like being married. I wasn't married again like that. No, I'm not doing that again. Like, oh, we can just live together (laughs) or something like that. But this one Mm -hmm. like made me reconsider Mm. that thought. Just the way he moves and just, I don't I can't even describe. I think it's his R, you know what I'm saying? Just hmm. his presence, like, is, I can't describe it, but I was just like, I'll just see how it play out. Yeah. But only one. Does he live nearby? Well, Houston is kind of big. So I was listening to someone in your other podcast and someone said they live an hour away. I was like, I can drive an hour and still be in Houston. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So maybe 45 minutes away. Okay. That's manageable. If I want it to be, I guess. Yeah. All right. But you're keeping your options open. Of course. Because <laughs> no one has said, I always say, may the best man win. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we just, you remember I said, I didn't start dating yeah. until July. So it's yeah. been only eight months. So maybe two weeks before I met the first guy that reminded me of Tess, I saw Tess in my dreams. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting up, I was getting ready for a wedding. And we were sitting, uh, he was talking to me. I was doing my hair and we were just laughing and talking. And then my sisters came into the room and he started talking to them. And I said, you know, they can't see you or hear you, right? I can only see you and hear you. So I Mm. knew in the dream that he was deceased. Interesting. And then he said, it's time. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you know what I mean? Mm. He was like, it's time and it's okay. Mm. And so I was like, okay. And then he kind of kissed me on my forehead. Mm. And I say, I got to go downstairs. And so I went downstairs. The doors opened. It was a chapel. It was a wedding. But it was my wedding. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I was just like, I woke up the next day, boo and crying. And I Mm. told my sisters about it. And I was like, oh, my God, he's telling you, like, it's time. Like, it's time to get out there. Right. And so I still didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) The next two weeks came. And I guess he said, oh, you're just going to ignore me, right? (laughs) And so in this dream, we were riding down the street. And he said, oh, I have a a book and a CD in my backpack for you. I said, okay, cool. And I said, I can't find it. He said, it's in the smaller port. And so I finally found it and pulled it out. It's a CD and a book on how to find a husband. Oh my gosh. I was like, you're real funny. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, I'll take your advice. And so that's what initially like, kind of like, okay, he's okay with it. I think I was worried about how he felt because, well, we didn't get a chance to have those talks, you know? Yeah, Like some couples do. Yeah. It's hard when you have like no closure with your spouse and- yeah. Um, I'm really happy that you're like, that you've come to this point where you're out there and you're dating and you have Tez's approval and that must mean I that. know. It does. It helps. But I, you know, I talk to him when I'm in my car after these dates. I was like, wait, yeah. did you see him? <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's going to answer me back. I'll say, I don't know. A song may come on the radio or something. I don't know. The going on the dates gives me like mixed emotions because when I'm getting ready, like I'm super sad, like because mm-hmm. it's like you're starting over. Yeah. And we didn't want to be there. No. Like who wants to be starting over right now? Yeah. You know, it's just so hard for me to 
I always have to pep myself up when I when it's time to go on a date. Like, come on, you can do it. Yeah. Like, just go out and have a good time. It's okay. You know, and I, I tell myself this the whole way there, so I won't turn my car around and go back home. Yeah. Like, you need to get out the house. Drake is fine. Because, you know, I'll, make, I'll find an excuse to be with Drake. He's going to be okay. He needs to know that you're happy. Like, yeah. him seeing you functioning and living your life is going to be better. Show him that, okay, mom is good. You know, because I think sometimes, like, we worry about them. They worry about us, too. Of course, yeah. I mean, that all sounds so familiar. There's some excitement about it, but then there's also this sense of, I already did this. Like, I had my life set up. Right. And right. I want to have to go through all that and all those years to get to that place where you're just comfortable. And, and then the part of mm-hmm. opening up and being vulnerable. I, my therapist, well, she wanted me to read The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown. Mm. Do you listen to her podcast? No, oh my gosh. I don't. Highly recommend. She's really yes. Her podcasts are super powerful and very good. Okay, I'm gonna follow her tomorrow. But I did read the book. It was audio, so now I have. She wants me to do it twice. It's six hours, a little over six hours. So I I sat through and read. Well, listened the first time. Now I want to go back and take notes. So. I was just like, this is it. You don't want to deal with the shame. You don't want to deal with like, okay, am I going to get hurt again? Mm -hmm. But when I think about it, it's almost like, what could someone possibly do that's worse than losing Tess at this point? Yeah. And that's how I think about it, to to take away the fear. Yeah. You know? Totally. Because honestly, like if you're lying to me about something or you, you know, turn out to be a jerk, like that's still not (laughs) worse than me losing him, you know? Yeah. I know. I feel like there's a few commonalities with every person I talk to. Mm -hmm. This is one of them. Like that's the worst possible scenario. And I've been through it and I made it. And I think this is part of like claiming the widow word, right? It's like, yeah, I went through hell and look at, I'm doing okay. (laughs) I'm making it. And it's so complex. The stories that I read, like, give me hope, like online, like Mm -hmm. those that share on your page, those that share... Like uh, some of the other widow pages I read who has yeah. boyfriends. So like how you said you have a boyfriend. I was like, wow, I don't even know how to use that word. Like, oh, what you- it took me a while for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I to be honest with you, I still don't even like it. And like I heard my one of my daughter's friend's parents told me, oh, your daughter told my daughter that you have a boyfriend. I was like, oh, my God. My <laughs> daughter said I have a boyfriend. I don't even like that word. Ah. That is too funny. Like the sentence, my mom has a boyfriend came out of her mouth. I was like, what? (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's too funny. I don't even know. I doubt Drake would say that because he's so, so when we talk about the whole dating thing, he's hilarious. He's always like the little guy, like he's, everyone's always little. (laughs) (laughs) Was Tez big? Yeah, he's he was like almost six six. Oh, so so everyone's Drake, little. <laughs> yeah, so and Drake is like Drake is taller than me, so he's like five ten and a half. Okay, so he's always like yeah. So the little guy, I was like Drake, you haven't even met him. You don't even know how tall he is. <laughs> My everybody's gonna be little, okay? <laughs> and that's how we talk about it. But I remember going back to when I finally told him yeah. about Ted's passing, his dad not coming home. Yeah. The next morning, he was like, Ma, when is, you know, we were on the way to school. He was like, Ma, when is dad's funeral? Didn't even know he knew what a funeral was at the time. Yeah. So like, okay. And I said, well, I'm making plans. We're making plans today or tomorrow. He said, okay, can I ask you a question? I was like, yeah. So does this mean you about to get a boyfriend? This is what he says. Wow. Like, isn't that crazy? Next I was day. like, the next day. And I was like, wow. I was like, no, Jake, it's, it's me and you, dude. Like, it's us against the mm. world. And so when I was ready to start dating, I started dropping little gems, like, just to test the waters with him. Mm-hmm. I always said I, w- I was going to have twins. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, because when I meet the twins' daddy... <laughs> <laughs> And he'll look at me and say, okay, my whatever. <laughs> and I'll say, no, but Drake, I'm going to meet him this year. And he was like, oh, are you? And I was like, yeah. And then we'll kind of like ease into it. Because you know, you got to test the waters with yeah, these kids. Yeah, just joking around first. <laughs> yeah. And so I said, so I just came out like, what do you think about me dating? And he said, I mean, if that's something you want to do. <laughs> like He was just like, don't really talk to me about that. And so yeah. I was like, okay, now I'm going to have to work on you. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I came back to him and I said, hey, 
you do realize that even though I start dating, that, that doesn't change the love I have for your dad. Yeah. I said, Drake, no one can ever change that. I was like, we created you. Like, mm-hmm. no one can ever change that. He, he will always be, like, there. I was like, and I had to explain to him. I said, well, now, just like a parent can have multiple kids and still love their kids the same, mm-hmm. I was like, my heart can expand and love someone else. Yeah. He was like, yeah. I said, so what problem or what do you see an issue with? And he was just like, it's no issue, Ma. It's just that it's going to be so hard for me to see you with somebody else. Yeah. When I'm yeah. so used to seeing you with daddy. Yeah. And so you can tell he kind of teared up a little bit. And I was just like, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. I said, I know this is not the life either of us, you know, want, but this is our reality. Yeah. And he's always wanted siblings. And we were trying at the time of Tess's passing. I said, mm-hmm. so the only way for your sibling to get here is to what? He was like, I know, for you to start dating. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So now when I go on dates, he'll say... <laughs> <laughs> So where do you sit when you when you guys go out? Like, do you sit facing the door? Does he fit, sit facing the door? I was like, well, it depends. Like, who sit? He was like, do they? Do you look at the door? And I was like, sometimes he say, don't go out with them anymore. I was like, why? Because they can't protect you. They're supposed to sit facing the door. So mm. if anybody comes in, I was like, who taught you that, Daddy? Oh, <laughs> oh really? Yeah. That's what you said. I was like, okay, Drake. Oh, <laughs> like, I love that though. He's looking out for you. And- yes, he was like, because they can't protect you and you have to make it home. So Aww. don't go out with him anymore. But I noticed when we go to restaurants, me and him, he sits facing the door. Oh my God. And I was like, yes. hi, you got to protect me. I need to be protecting you. It doesn't <laughs> he was matter. like, no. Daddy, daddy's boy. Yeah, he oh, was like, I no, I, I need to watch the who's coming in and out the door. Oh my goodness. Or he'll ask, so what did y'all talk about? Like, do you really tell them that you have a kid? Yeah, Jake. Like, <laughs> why would I not tell them about you? He was like, do they ever ask questions? I was like, uh, some of them do. I, I'm, I said, some of them do. I said, I'm more impressed with the guys that aren't concerned with the sports you play mm. who actually ask about your likes and dislikes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not just about sports. Yes. Yes, he plays sports, but he's also does so many other things. Yeah. And so those guys kind of stand out to me. Yeah, I love that. Because I'm like, okay, like you care about the whole child, like what his mm-hmm. grades look like. So, okay. Like, you know, I take mental notes. So I love it. Okay. So we're almost out of time. So can we do some quick questions? Sure. Okay. So you, we talked all about online dating. Um, do you put your widow status on your profile? No, absolutely not. And why not? Because I've heard about so many people being scammed. Mm-hmm. And like, not only that, guys who are hobosexuals is what they call them now. Hobo? Yes. Okay. That has no place to stay. Okay. Oh. Tend to like leech on or try to, you know, make a facade and try to like move in. You know, make you think that they mm. really like you, but they're trying to after your money. Interesting. So no, okay. I never um, put it on. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um do you see yourself getting married again someday? I go back and forth with that one. Okay. Like, but I, I I would be open to it. Okay. For the right one. For that one guy, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and you've spoken about wanting kids again. Did you ever consider gender experimentation? No, I prefer me only. Okay. Do you feel, this is a big question I have for you going five years. Do you feel the widow's fire? Absolutely. Okay. Like, it just kicked in, though. Like, <gasps> what kind of really? nonsense is that? Yes. Wait, it just kicked in? Like, five years later? Like, I'm going to say October-ish of last year? Oh, my gosh. SJ, I was, like, week three. Like, my body. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was... I don't know if I was, like... It didn't do it for me then. Wow, that's so fascinating. Okay. No, it's not. Because then I thought something was wrong with me. No, like, but well, did, did you think about long. that? Or are you just thinking it now? No, then I, I thought like, because I didn't have the urgency. Yeah. But then I could have been like mildly depressed too. You mm, never mm-hmm. know. Like, you know, and didn't know it, you know? So many facts. So no. Yeah. Okay. It, it is. Okay. Are you open to setups from your friends? <laughs> It depends on the friend. <laughs> Would you like to name them in this podcast? No, because they're going to listen. They're already waiting to hear it. 
Okay. Regular self-gratification? I wouldn't say regular, just enough to knock the edge off. But like at this point, I'm so beyond that. Like yeah. I need like actual human touch at this yes. point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's a, I, I'm it's so beyond just that. It's not the same. Are you open to sleepovers in your bed? No, not until I move. So I still live in the same house we shared mm-hmm. and I still have the same bed. Me too. But I, I don't sleep in it. Oh, Isn't it strange? I don't think so. I haven't slept in that bed since August of the year he passed. Okay. That makes sense. Because I can never me. sleep through the full night. I think a lot of people change it up. Yeah. Yeah. So I said when I move and if Drake's not home, then yeah, we could. But okay. otherwise, like, I just make me a bag and go there. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Could you date someone who is named Cortez or looked like him? No. Well, I could date someone that looks like him, okay. but I don't know how weird that would be for my family and friends. <laughs> They'd be like, what? She's got I a know. Type. Like, <laughs> They do say that they they say all the time, yeah, you definitely have a type. I was mm. like, no, they came up to me, but you're attracted <laughs> to them too. That's great. Okay. Um, have you ever accidentally called someone you're dating your late husband's name? No. Okay. Not that I recall. No. Okay. You sent me a song recommendation for our building Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what it is and why you chose it? It's TLC Turntables. Okay. And so I chose it because in the song... Basically, they're saying life is, it gets better. Watch the tables turn. Like, Mm. although you have bad seasons after April showers, there comes May, you know, May flowers. Like, it's a really good song. And I actually, when I was really deep in grief, I would listen to it all the time because Mm. it would like help me think, okay, let me just keep going. Let me keep, you know, moving. I'm going to make it through this. Yeah. And you're making it. Yeah. All right. This is the final question. What is one thing you're looking forward to? I just want to be happy again. Hmm. I just want to like not walk around with a sense of heaviness. Mm-hmm. Like like I'm carrying the world on my shoulders. Yeah. I guess I would want to feel like I feel before I lost my husband. But yeah. I know that feeling, it'll be like a different new, this new person that I've become yeah. over the past year or so. Yeah. You know? SJ, I'm so thankful for the courage it took to do this and to be so open about the experience. So thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm going to have to come back when I decide on which one of the seven that yes, I'll choose. we can't wait. We'll get the update. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, so knowing that SJ has seven different callers right now really makes me want to do an episode of checkbacks with all the people who are dating. So maybe that will come in the future. Really looking forward to hearing how this all plays out for her. If you're not yet following the Instagram page, head over there and follow along. I would love to connect with you or hear your story. And if you have been enjoying this podcast, it really makes a huge difference for visibility and my ability to reach other people who might need something like this if you could rate the show. So it's just a quick scroll down on the page and hit those stars and writing a review is even better. So thank you so much if you're able to take the time to do that. I love doing this podcast for you all. It brings me a lot of joy and I can't wait to talk to more of you. So until next week, this has been Dating After Death.